Women's Tech Radio, a show on the Jupiter Broadcasting Network interviewing interesting women in technology, exploring their roles and how they are successful in technology careers. I'm Paige. And I'm Angela. And Paige, let's talk about our first jobs today. Uh, I'm just wondering, like, is yours technology related at all? No, not at all. Okay. But uh, it is definitely kind of an interesting story. Um, I turned... 15, I guess, which is about the legal age for working in my home state of Massachusetts. And um, I walked myself after school down to the pizza joint and I got a job, like flipping pizzas and of course, you know, helping with the computers there because even at that age, I was always the computer person in the room. Mm -hmm. um, but the fun part was, is that I then, my mom picked me up after school that day because I was like, I'm staying late at school. And I was like, so mom, I got a job. And she was like, what 15 year old are you that you just like decided that now it was time for you to have a job and like you don't even have any expenses and, oh which has always been that like i need something to do and i'm super responsible person wow so you got a job without your mom even knowing yeah wow yeah, i just walked down after school and got the pizza pizza place job nice okay well my first job was at mcdonald's which is a typical first job i mean aside from working at, a, at my mom's family business but my first official job with somebody not family was mcdonald's and i excelled really fast. I, I ended up learning all the hats. I was training somebody else on my third day. Wow. <laughs> I, I did do some technology standpoint. Back then they didn't have touch screens or pretty monitors. They had these ugly registers that were like that, that off-white color that CRT monitors are, you know, like that. Yeah. That beige, yeah, the 90s color. beige. Yeah, yeah. 90s beige. And, uh, and like a laminated paper on top of it that had the buttons labeled oh i totally remember that yeah. yeah so then so i grabbed some construction paper and i recreated all the buttons just on construction paper and reorganized them so that all the value mills were in order because at the moment they were like you know one through three were at the top and then five was you know just below but then six was on like really far away and it was just it was really it was really stupid to have to learn like it could have been a lot better and so uh, i helped get all of them reprogrammed at that mcdonald's which was really fun and, uh, and I mainly did it so I could afford my first car. And I did that all on my own, and I wrecked it within seven days, which oh, is awesome. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I always had, like, some sort of technology standpoint in all of my jobs. But that was just the beginning. Yeah. So. I, I think just like our guest today, uh, we, we all kind of start out, like, those of us who end up in technology, even if we don't go down that career path straight, we're just kind of always, like, that person. Dabbling. Yeah, dabbling, or you're like, whatever job you're at, you're like that person that people talk to about. The go-to. Ev yeah, everything. Mm -hmm. um, so today we talked to Carly. Um, she's a um, innovations engineer at Intel and is like really fascinating. She's into robotics and brainwaves and all linguistics and all this really cool stuff. And she also has a non-traditional story. And meditation. Oh, yes. But before we get into the interview, I want to talk to you about Ting. If you go to wtr.ting.com, you can get a $25 credit towards your first bill. Or if you bring your own device, that's when you get the $25 credit towards your first bill, <laughs> actually. Or you can get a $25 credit towards a new device that you can then use on the Ting network. And there are no contracts, no early termination fees. They have a early termination relief uh, program. program. And they don't have any extra charges, like, voicemail, caller ID, tethering, hotspot, three-way calling, none of that. There's no like hidden fees that you're going to find on your bill. It's $6 a month at the base. And then just whatever you use, that's what you're billed for. If you want to see if you can save money with Ting, you can go over to their calculator and just grab your your current bill. 
enter all the information in. It'll um, it'll have like really easy drop down fields. So that you, even if you don't have all the information, you can still do it, and you will find that you're going to save a lot of money. And it, right now, Ting is giving away two GSM cards because a large GSM network is about to become available at, on the Ting network, and you're going to be able to bring over a lot more devices. And they are letting us give two GSM cards away to our Women's Tech Radio viewers. So if you want to email WTR at jupiterbroadcasting.com, say, I love Ting as a subject line, two people will be drawn to receive a GSM card. So thank you to Ting for sponsoring Women's Tech Radio. Again, you can go to WTR.ting.com. And we started our interview today with Carly by asking her what she's up to at Intel. I'm an innovation engineer in the new devices group at Intel. And what we do is we prototype um, and create new devices. Uh, my group is responsible for the, um, the SMS Biosport headphones that were released uh, last year, I think. Um, and then uh, we do a lot of stuff that I can't talk about. <laughs> That's um, fine. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot of new exciting devices. What does the day in the life of the innovation engineer look like? Uh, it's, uh, it's always different. That's one thing that I really like about my job. Um, so my, my background before coming here, um, I worked more in software and it was like the traditional, you know, you'd come to work every day and you do the agile scrum method and um, you, you know what you're, that, that sprint that you're doing, you know what you're working on and it's a, um, it's, uh, you know, you take breaks with your team, but otherwise you're very much so in your head and you're just programming all day, which I loved. I actually really, really love that. But as an innovation engineer, there is a lot more um, daily collaboration and um, a lot more risk taking and um, uh, being someone who can kind of jump between different roles. So sometimes I'm soldering and I'm working on hardware. Other times I'm like looking at, you know, crazy algorithms. Um, other times I'm programming, you know, an Android or an iOS app. Um, it's kind of all over the place, but very exciting. Wow, that's quite the skill set to have. Yeah. <laughs> did it's you really cool. did you step into your current position being able to do all that, like being able to solder and program and <laughs> you know project manage and all that jazz? My background is really strange. I um, uh, I before this job. Um, I, like I said, I was programming, but um, I, I would like at home, I played around with Arduino and I have an interest in creating, um, this is outside of Intel, I just have an interest in creating devices that kind of uh, uh, communicate on your behalf and inform you of your own internal uh, uh, emotional state, maybe. So I'm, I'm really interested in like consumer level uh, BCI devices, uh, like oh, the like NeuroSkies. NeuroSky's MindWave or uh, our, um, uh, Emotive's Epoch, they're uh, EEG devices, like a single sensor or a 14 sensor device that can read your brainwaves and kind of tell you when out of the box, like if you're paying attention or you can play meditation games where you get to, for example, with the NeuroSky, you can um, levitate a ball when you get yourself into a meditative state. And so the first project that I did to get this job, or part of the thing that I did to get this particular job, is uh, I interfaced um, an iRobot 
uh, with um, with the Mindwave uh, using Arduino. Wait, so um, do you mean you could like drive one of those little <laughs> vacuums around with your brain? Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> wow. So the game was that, um, and I'm, I, I I like it. Um, I mean, it's the the idea behind it is that it's um, to, for for children or even adults to kind of to learn to to self monitor, and um, it's kind of like a neurofeedback game. So when you are um, when if you put the headset on and you're in a mind wandering state, the robot moves backwards. If you are calm, the robot is stays steady. But if you focus, uh, the robot drives forward. Interesting. <laughs> so you get in- immediate feedback. Oh, well, that's really cool. How do you turn? <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah, you can't turn. Oh, <laughs> oh that's really cool. You though. look left. And, and, right. you, and you did that mostly with the Arduino toolkit? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And oh. that was my kind of my, my earliest exposure to Arduino. Um, Please tell me there's a video somewhere where we can witness this. Yeah, there is one on YouTube. Um, <laughs> if you just look up, like, uh, if you look, if you look up uh, iRobot Mindwave, I think it's one of the first ones that comes back, and it's just uh, my two coworkers and me in a parking lot playing around with it. That's very cool. And and you said a BCI device. I'm not sure what that is. Um, BCI stands for Brain Computer Interface, and um, it it really encapsulates anything that. Um, that has to do with the brain. <laughs> and uh, so it doesn't have to be uh, just commands like like uh, push, pull, left, right, up, down. Uh, it's even things like self-monitoring, like meditation or attention type of monitoring. Are you someone who meditates regularly, like outside of trying to make a robot go forward? I do, yeah. I, I got into meditating uh, about a year and a half ago. And actually, I got into it because of the NeuroSky. I found it really interesting as an engineer, I guess, to be able to like I, I, I like the quantified self movement. So being able to uh, to monitor yourself and just kind of improve. And uh, I really like that the the MindWave, the NeuroSkies product, uh, you know, there's a lot of the reason why I'm pausing a little bit is because there's a lot of um, contention behind like what does it really measure um, like from a scientific standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the device because it's not, um, I like these consumer level devices in general. There's a bunch of them out there, not just the NeuroSkies, but in general, because they, they inspire people. Um, and that's kind of what I want to do in my career is I, I want to empower and inspire all people to go out there and, and learn about themselves and, and work on technology. Yeah, I think it's it's a tool. It's not necessarily. Yeah, I was, uh, <laughs> I was just gonna say it sounds like a tool, like in, almost in mindfulness and and just learning to. Well, we all live hectic lives and sort of by choice, but we do need downtime. And right, not that it would be downtime necessarily, but it's it's learning just to take a break from everything and and focus. That's right. Really cool. Exactly. Yeah, and it's really fun. And it's really fun. Um, I like. That whole process, just yeah, learning about yourself through it too. I've been trying to add meditation to my life. It's a struggle because I'm super busy all the time, and you know, forget to take time to do it. But like, how how did you make the transition from like playing with the NeuroSky to actually meditating? Um, that's a really good question. I remember. Um, so ag- again, I guess uh, looking at things from like 
I have, I like, I like, I don't know, um, looking at things from like a scientific standpoint is this kind of what I want to say. So there was this, uh, Daniel J. Siegel. He's like, uh, if you Google him, he's a, he's a pretty big advocate of mindfulness training. And so, um, someone gave me a book by him and then there was a Google tech talk that he did. Um, and there's been just so much, uh, there right now, there's a lot of research going into, uh, like Buddhist monks and, uh, they're, you know, scanning their brains. And I just found that fascinating. Oh, that and then, fascinating. The, <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, the bridge, I guess, I guess that was the bridge, like my, my fascination. And I've always been fascinated with brains in general. Like even when I was 12, um, you know, I would like read Marvin Minsky and uh, I was interested in artificial intelligence. Um, education wise though, my background is uh, I have a degree in philosophy and a degree in applied linguistics. Um, <laughs> All right. Now, now you have to explain how you got from applied linguistics, although I know that linguistics is a lot about logic. Like, how did you get from there to being a software developer? <laughs> so that's also an interesting story, but that was the plan. So um, I, I got into computers when I was, I think, 12, around 12 or so, 12, 13. Um, and I remember uh, I got into Linux right away and it was um, just this really um, strange path. My 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 mom, I was out shopping with my mom and I didn't really know anything about computers. And uh, my mom went to another store, like a department store to go buy something. And she left me at uh, a tower books. And I found this purple book, this big purple book called the Linux Bible. And in the back of it was the Slackware CD. And this was like 94 or 95, like very early on when, when uh, before Linux was really popular. Um, so I took it home and I, um, I decided to like pop it in and see what this Linux thing was all about. And that's how I got hooked. I, um, I really liked following the how-tos. I'm not a really good um, uh, learner uh, when it comes to like in an educational setting. I don't do, do really well um, in that setting, but I'm a really good uh, solo learner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, self-taught, yeah. Autodidactic. <laughs> right, and so um, yeah, I, I got into Linux and, and from there I just kind of started exploring and I was really interested in um, uh, artificial intelligence, but never in that, like it always felt really far away. But one of the reasons why I studied linguistics was um, for that reason, because I was planning on go, maybe going further on in school um, and uh, following that path and doing something with robotics or artificial intelligence. Um, and the reason why I didn't study computer science was because um, since I got into Linux so so young, um, at that time it was Windows, <laughs> right? <It was laughs> well, Microsoft. I, no, no, I got into Linux, so I was I was using Linux more than I was using Windows. And no, no, I no just the was... courses. Like, oh, right. Yeah. I don't think yeah, there were the... a lot of courses in Linux until more recently. It seems. No, but we would. Um, I think, I mean, I did take like one or two intro computer science courses before I decided that it would just wasn't something that I wanted to study in school. Mm -hmm. And we were, we were, we would program, um, um, I, I forget what the system was, but I mean, you would like, we would SSH into, I think it was probably a Linux box. I don't remember. It was so long ago. Mm -hmm. uh, if you were um, using SSH, we, most likely. Right. Um, but uh, yeah. So I, I studied that, but then the whole time that I was uh, in school, all the jobs that I had since I was 16 years old, they were all computer related. And I started off by being like the, <laughs> my first job ever was, uh, I was a Linux person at a, at a local computer store that, where they were selling and making hardware. 
uh, making computers and, and selling software. And um, yeah, I was like the local like Linux person. And then um, from there on, I just, uh, I've been in, in a number of different industries, but even my job, I worked at OHSU as a, uh, as a student like research assistant when I was in school uh, in the behavioral neurosciences lab. Um, but even there, I was like the, the computer person. So, I, and that's how I, how I ended up. So I ended up at Intel, actually. The connection between me and Intel is um, I had just, um, so I'm 33 years old now. I don't know if it matters, but I had just finished uh, school and then I had gotten a job as a, a systems analyst at a, a, a financial institution. And it was more of like a sysadmin type job, um, but I was doing um, a bit of programming too, just here and there, but mostly like systems administration type, type stuff like uh, remote desktop and like Citrix configuration and, and things like that. Um, and then I had a friend uh, from college who had moved away to get her master's in computer science actually on the East Coast. And then she moved, her and her husband moved back and they were looking to become uh, members of the Linux community here in Portland. And they were on, I was part of the uh, Oregon Linux users group. And um, they saw my picture and they were like, oh, that's Carly, we remember Carly. So they got in touch with me and they were looking to hire someone. At, she was looking to hire someone at Intel as a programmer. And that was, that was like six years ago. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, that's how I ended up at Intel is through my friend. And then I just stayed because it's great working here. I love it. Yeah. Hey, that, yeah. You know, being involved in community and making those connections, it's how a lot of this happens. Right. I think that's, that's really important. Um, being, um, even if you're like a self-taught, self-taught person, you still need, um, it's good to be part of the community and just, uh, um, it, it's great to, to make friends that way. Cause then you meet people also who are uh, interested in the same things that you're interested in, but you also, um, cause I like being productive. You're also productive, uh, through the community. And that's mm -hmm. really fun. So in the, just before we started recording, we were talking about if you had any questions for us that you wanted to mention in the show and you had a great one for us. Yes. I wanted to know how you guys start, got started doing this because I think it's really cool. Okay. Well, I'm going to start from, from our standpoint, <clears throat> me and my husband have Jupiter broadcasting and we do a lot of different shows on the network and we've always wanted to do a female based show, but we haven't really had a chance. I kind of got into podcasting by starting my show, which is called the faux show. And I do that with my husband and it kind of, it's a, it's kind of like a comedic relief <laughs> for Chris because all of his other shows are very serious. <laughs> so the audience, one, gets to see him be goofy and two, see him with his wife. And, um, but we go to different fests and uh, cons, I guess you'd call them. And we went to OzCon. Uh, I stayed home with the kids, but Chris went to OzCon and that is where I'm going to hand the story to Paige. Yeah, so... Um, I had just moved up to Portland and I run um, Women Who Code Portland, which is a meetup group. We do a lot of different stuff with different languages and just hanging out and kind of building women's tech community. Um, and I went to OSCON with them. And while I was there, I, you know, I had been talking with the Women Who Code people and saying like, you know, I think it'd be cool if we had a podcast that like would kind of showcase women in technology. Um, and then I saw Chris on the floor and I was totally having like, 
man, celebrity moment. Totally celebrity <laughs> moment. I won't lie. I was like, oh man, it's Chris Fisher. He's so cool. Because I've been watching Jupiter Broadcasting for like, oh my God, I don't know, like six years by now, maybe longer. <laughs> a really long time. Like since Linux Action Show per- first came out, mm-hmm. I was like on, on board because I love Linux, even though I don't use it every day. Um, but Wait, I just want to add in Linux Action Show is the biggest and longest running Linux podcast. I just had to I have to add that in there. That is, I didn't know that. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's the best one. So yeah, that too. <laughs> um, but so I had the starstruck moment, and I finally worked up my guts, and I said, I walked over, and I was like, Hey, Chris, this is awesome. Like to meet you. I've been a fan for years. I was hoping maybe at some point I could get some tips on podcasting for you because I'd really like to start my own show about women in technology and kind of showcasing them because I think not enough women know that having a career in technology is totally a possibility like it's it's i've met too many young women who are like i've always told that this was a man's field and i think that's just silly it's just a field and we can we can do it too and chris was like email my wife yeah (laughs) that was pretty much he's like yeah but he said essentially what what you had said where he was like we've always wanted to Mm -hmm. do a women's show but we never felt like we had somebody who could host it because Mm -hmm. i can't host it that's yeah he can't preposterous and and i could but i wouldn't want to be like the only person and so uh, Paige and I started talking and, and we had a meetup and discussed a lot of things over lunch and, and then started it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been really cool. It's It's been exactly what I want. You know, we've gotten to speak with people like you and all of our past guests who just have, like, you're just a person out there doing <laughs> technology and, and you're succeeding in your career and you have you have fun, cool hobbies and like, you know, but you're not a superhero, but you are a woman doing technology. Like, you don't have to be super smart you don't have to be like a superhero you can just do this right exactly yeah i mean that's kind of what i um i tell people too and overall is is just that uh it doesn't matter what it is that you're doing it doesn't matter your, your gender doesn't matter none of that matters what matters is that you know you i, I know it's easy to say to say like oh do what you love right like, it's so easy to say it just it just so happens that you know what i'm i'm doing what i love and it's and it's lucrative in that sense that it's like you know it's 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 something that that the world wants right now technology is a big deal but um it does feel like it, cheating doesn't it <laughs> right, yeah. It does, like, yeah i get to do what <laughs> everybody wants <laughs> <laughs> right it's like it just got lucky but at, at, the, at the same time i think um for any any person out there like um woman or, or man or whatever uh, if if they are because right now what I'm what I'm interested in is, is trying to trying to get more people involved to do this who maybe thought that you know they they couldn't do it because maybe they're they are an artist or you know maybe they are maybe they they sew or they knit or they do these things that are you know te- technically like don't have technology in them we're in a really great space with um, how cheap hardware is and how accessible and all the tutorials and the community that's out there that if anyone out there um, is you know thinking oh I can't do it but they really want to do it to just follow their passion and to not um, put up obstacles for themselves but just just put the time in just uh, give it a shot you know reach out to other people um, get some books go online look at tutorials and um, yeah don't think that you have to be um, some super being to be able to solder or (laughs) (laughs) and even more like if you sew you can do circuits now like if you check out the adafruit line they've got all these wearables where you literally stitch the circuits together you don't even have to solder them exactly yes yeah with the conductive thread that's what i'm really excited about is um the 
the, the strides that we've made lately in, in making um, those kinds of things accessible. Um, I think that's, that's really exciting because um, for me too, um, I think one of the reasons I really didn't like the computer science courses, and there's nothing wrong with them if you are, are that type of a learner, but I am not a bottom uh, up learner. I'm a top down le learner. So um, I don't really, I don't like learning just the tools first and I don't get obsessed over the tools. I care about what I can do with it. So if you, someone approached me recently because they had an idea that was actually a, an amazing idea. They wanted to make an app for um, their grandma, for, for elderly people, and, but they had no programming experience. And she came to me and she, and she was telling me like all these obstacles, you know, of, and how she goes online and she looks at these tutorials because she, she was like, okay, I want to learn Objective-C, but she doesn't really want to learn Objective-C. She wants to make this app. And she told me all the features that she wants to have in the app. And so one advice that I gave her, and, I, and this is the approach that I would take, is only look up the parts that you want to do and the rest will come together. So, you know, if you need to be able to add you're making an app and you need to have contacts in that app, look up how to, you know, do a table and add some contacts in, in, into them. And then just do that. Don't get swept up into, you know, learning um, the language itself. And I know some people will frown upon this, um, but I think if you, uh, it just really depends on what kind of a learner you are. And I think some people need to hear that in order just to get started. Yeah, that's excellent advice. I, I always say, you know, if you have an itch, try to scratch it. And yeah, you don't need to know about garbage collection and Objective-C to be able to make an app that has contacts in it. Like there's right. the, the the breadth of programming is, is so wide that even experts don't know every single piece of it. You know, exactly. They know how to do what they need to do. Exactly. Like I remember being in a computer, in an intro computer science course. And, um, you know, when we were first learning of um object-oriented programming <laughs> and they would talk about cars and like different car car models and it was just so 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 foreign and and you know uh for me the type of learner that i am i mean it was just like it was boring and um if i had quit right there i never would have actually discovered that you know i i mean if, if i had just stuck with that and then i thought that that was my only option was taking those courses um, I, I, I would have been a really bad programmer, <laughs> to, <laughs> to be honest. And I, I mean, if I had even lasted, um, but uh, I probably, I mean, I, I wouldn't have even, yeah, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. And I love what I'm doing now. And I think that, you know, um, I, I love software. I love writing software. I love uh, learning to excel at writing software. But my path was very different. Uh, and maybe it's not that different, actually. Maybe there's a lot of people out there that are just like me. Um, I think the vast majority of women that we've interviewed uh, don't have traditional paths. I think we yeah. only had one or two who have yeah. like comsci degrees. And quite a few, yeah, quite a few are also self-taught. So, you know, if you're getting started, like, so we've talked a little bit about it, and I'm kind of interested because I'm on the cusp of like having some projects that would be really fun to do. Like, how do you get started with something like Arduino? Or c could you take a second and explain what Arduino is for people in the audience who might not know? Sure. So, um... I, I don't know what you call, you wouldn't call Arduino. Um, so Arduino has a number, like, uh, there's a number of products out there. There's like a number of different microcontrollers, like different boards um, that are um, very easy to program to get them to get them to do different things. Like, for example, if you want to be able to um, 
you know, dim your lights in your house. There are kits that you can buy to do that. Or if you want to be able to be alerted every time your dog barks. <laughs> or, <laughs> or when you need to water your plant. For example, you can get a soil、uh, monitoring device that you can connect to the Arduino board. And then you can program it. So, the way that I got started is I bought the Inventor's Toolkit. And it's like a set of 15 exercises. And、um, I just took one, one weekend and I just did those exercises. I didn't, so it was interesting because I, I had a friend who wanted to get started with me. And、um, he was very curious about, you know, like when we would just get started, like he would go off into the sea where he would go and look up, okay. Well, what's a, what's a transistor? And、uh, what's a resistor? And、like、he was a bottom up <laughs> learner to your top down <laughs> learner. <laughs> right, right. And I was just like, oh man, I'm going to, you know. So、um, we ended up not doing it together. <laughs> <laughs> so I just took a weekend and did those exercises. And, you know, it was really fun. Like I learned about how to first you learn how to control an LED, just a simple light.、Mm-hmm. And then you learn how to dim the light. And then you, like you, so you learn about there's different ports on the, on the board. There's the digital ports, and you learn about analog ports, and you learn about what a PWM is.、Um, and then you learn about a servo and how to connect that and batteries.、Um, and yeah, the inventor's kit was a great way for me to get started. And then from that is when I then did the, did the it taught me enough to be able to、um, Interface for that robot to just interface the,、uh, the mind wave with the iRobot. I will have to look into that inventor's kit. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and、uh, we look forward to following all of your crazy brainwave inventions. Thank you for listening to this episode of Women's Tech Radio. If you want to know more, you can go check out the show notes over at jupiterbroadcasting.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. We are at HeyWTR. Or you can email us at WTR at jupiterbroadcasting.com or by using the contact form on our show page. You can also find us on iTunes and heywtr.tumblr.com.